Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Six and Out podcast. I am one of your hosts, Craig. It's great to have you along. Thank you for listening today. Uh, I have with me one of my faithful Aussie friends, Arnie, who is, uh, well, actually, we'll let Arnie give us a quick update. How are you doing, mate? I'm pretty good, mate. I'm uh, on my final day of hotel quarantine here in Hong Kong, one of the last bastions that still have hotel quarantine as part of their mandatory uh, visitor scheme coming into the country. So I'm feeling pretty happy last day, mate. But uh, yeah, great to be here, buddy. Yeah, good good stuff. And um, well, we would never forget him, but Brett is uh, taking some well-deserved time off. He's somewhere, I think I would probably describe it as romantic, Arnie, and exotic maybe might be the, the right word, but uh, perhaps... Yeah, right. yeah. That's right. Um, um, he, he, he greets us, uh, he's still in touch with us, but he greets us with the word Bulla. So you can kind of work out what uh, exotic location he is currently taking a well-deserved break. Not from cricket. I'm sure he's still watching all that stuff, but um, keeping in touch. But we're just generally having a good break from work and I believe celebrating a couple of uh, milestones while he's uh, out, out somewhere in uh, exotic land. We will we'll look forward to hearing more about that. And um, I have to be honest, if his his six and out is not feature at least a little bit of the uh, the location he's in, then I'll be disappointed. But let well we'll let him enjoy himself and then talk about that in next week. So anyway, yeah, um, so yes, we miss you, Brett. We miss you, Brett. But uh, you'll be back soon. One hundred percent. Um. All right. So look, we're going to do a little bit of a shorter podcast this week, just with our mate out. So there are a couple of topics that we couldn't cover without him. Uh, so one that we we will cover and we'll maybe just get kicked onto it right now. As you can see on the screen, I'm sharing uh, the current 100 tables. So we are recording this as of August 11th. Um, today was the first double header of the 100. So we're not going to cover the, the, the ladies too much because they've obviously just had the Commonwealth Games. We'll stick to the men a little bit and yeah, cover off a little bit of the hundred to start off and see where it goes. So, um, I mean, Arnie, why don't we why don't we talk about the perhaps the biggest upset or surprise that you've seen so far in terms of uh, maybe performance of an individual or performance of of a team that sticks out to you? Okay, well, given that prompt, I'm I'm going to say the biggest surprise given our previous week's predictions as we came up with. Um, is uh, London Spirit, Owen Morgan's men. So both on an individual performance, Owen Morgan himself um, leading the way with, um, I can't remember his score, but his first innings, uh, first game, he, he, he basically won it for the team. Um, and the fact that they're unbeaten and they're on top of the ladder. Um, so um, that's the biggest surprise for me so far. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you. And I think, you know, both of us, I think, had, we'll, we'll, we'll do a quick update on how our predictions are kind of panning out uh, maybe as we get through some of this, but both of us had London Spirit as our wooden spoons or our outs for the competition. I, I was quite impressed with, with Owen Morgan. I mean, he hadn't played any cricket since he gave up the ODI or the white ball cricket England captaincy. So he, it's not like he'd been probably in the nets all that much. It's not like he, he'd been facing in and out, day in, day out, the, the standard of nets uh, bowling that he was used to. So, I mean, maybe it's something to be said for, we see a number of cricketers taking a break around the world at the moment, you know, with Trent Bolt with big news this week, Stokes with big news not so long ago, uh, and maybe Morgan, just the the, the fatigue maybe um, 
on the running the ODI side was maybe more than folks ever maybe give a credit card for. But um, yeah. yeah, I've been very, I mean, very impressed I, myself. I think that's a massive part because guess what? I go always back to, and you guys hear me bang on about this, and I'm a massive mental health advocate, so it is mental health. Because so, don't forget, your brain actually instructs the rest of your body and, and makes decisions and, and, and tells you to move one step forward or two steps back or whatever. And if you're constantly fatigued and under stress and overpressured and so many commitments in life, that's going to take a toll. So I think as much as his uh, body has refreshed physically, I think just the mental break and the, the, the mental refresh has probably allowed him to come in with a level head, all that usual cliche stuff, but he's come in and, and, and just owned it. And it helps because he's in his own home country as well. So, and, he's, and what's backing all of that is experience. But it's fresh and his experience. So anyway, yeah. always bang on. But and, and perhaps, idea. perhaps maybe the okay. If you're going from something that's, I mean, let's be honest, that being captain of England is quite a serious job. It's something that you're being written about day in day out. Even if you've won the World yeah. Cup, even if you're the only English captain, <clears throat> really Irish, but English captain to win a World Cup, you still come under enormous pressure. And maybe even going to, I'm not saying that the hundred is is a Mickey Mouse competition. In fact, I, I I think that looking at the T20 blast and this, I think probably the interest has peaked more in this or in the 100 than it has the T20 blast. Folks might disagree with me on that. But um, maybe going from that very, very serious background of having to be under entire, you know, in strenuous amounts of, of pressure to going to a competition which is quite lighthearted when you think about it, um, it's probably mm-hmm. a really, really nice transition. We even saw him in the in the commentary box at times, given pretty good insight. He's been he's been impressive in the commentary box. I actually like the sound of his voice, and I like the the kind of input he has, and to seamlessly kind of go from retired captain into commentary very quickly. Uh, he's clearly a man of many talents. So yeah, impressed with him. Yeah, absolutely. So we seem to share the same. Um for lack of a better word, surprise, uh, surprise moments of uh, the 100 competition so far. Of course, that's just the men's. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, the women's have only just kicked off with that doubleheader last night. Um, I mean, if we have time, we could just talk a little bit about that. But, but, but yeah, ultimately, we, we should just cover what the pack schedule is already for our short podcast today. Yeah. So, yeah, go for it, um, yeah, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up on your northern supercharger. So uh, for those not aware, Arnie is a big Leeds United fan who kicked off their Premier League campaign very recently. But um, northern superchargers got off to a nice little start there. They beat my Oval Invincibles in the opening game, um, which was interesting to say the least. But they've lost a couple on the bounce. How, how are you feeling about their their chances there? Yeah, look, I, I'm actually still extremely bullish about uh, the Northern Superchargers. Um, those last two matches, especially the one um, last night, I felt it was their game to lose uh, for last night. And yes, unfortunately, it did go down on the wire. And we had a brilliant, uh, I hope I'm talking about the right game. Uh, we had a brilliant innings uh, from Sam Curran from the opposition, um, which uh, got it done, basically. Um so I'm still quite bullish because I think uh, that team is gelling well. They just have been on the wrong side of the result. Um, but I really, I, I, again, I'm trying not to see it with too much of biased eyes, but I really I really think um, their position on the table, which is fifth at the moment, um, is uh, probably an underestimation of really where they may end up 
uh, when season ends proper. Yeah, so I just I've just expanded it on the, on the screen here. You obviously can't see this, Arnie, but they they beat the originals on the the opening uh, match uh, with six six wickets yeah. and six balls remaining. They then lost to the Rockets, who are a, a very strong team. We'll come to them in a second. The Rockets beat them by seven wickets. Yeah, that's Brett's team, by the way. Yeah, there you are. And then the Invincibles, like you said, Tom Curran or Sam Curran. I can't remember. One of the Curran brothers it, had. It was ma- Sam that. Um, yeah, Sam did really, uh, really set it up. He, he really. I mean, there's a couple of them, but Sam really took it home. But he got out towards the end, and his brother Tom um, really finished it off. Took, but it was really Sam. I think that was um, key. I think he even got um, player of the match um, from memory, but I can't remember all those details. But yeah, you're right. Um, but it, it, the Chargers were flying. They were flying. I think uh, at the tenth or ninth over, they were still they were, they were like well ahead. They were like a, over a hundred or something. So they were cruising to a one a score of about 180. But um, uh, what do you call it? hats off to the uh, opposition? They really slowed things down. Took took a couple of wickets and really just slowed things down. And uh, yeah, only. Had a modest total of 150 odd and um, took it to the wire. Ultimately, wasn't um, def- quite defendable, but yeah, yeah. And I think the Invincibles have to actually do. I mean, you've already mentioned they had a couple of key key performances by the Curran brothers, but uh, they also had to take Adil Rashid to the cleaners. I think it was the most expensive Adil Rashid has ever right. been in the hundred. So you know, there's only been, spot on. been one season and, and, and a handful of games now, but yeah. Adler Seed is not typically someone who goes for a lot of runs, so it was a it was a bit of a flash in the pan, middle order, middle that was, order. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, there was a couple of um, uh, let's say um, moments like uh, Rashid going for 33 or whatever he's uh, most expensive in the 100 ever, mm-hmm. um, those things made the difference um, and yeah, I yeah. There's there's nothing more to say. I think is it Narain? I'm trying to think. I, I'm, I've watched that many games, I'm try, and I'm still getting used to the teams of the hundred. Narain um, had a standout performance was on a on a hat trick. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, look, a uh, lot a lot of key key moments that uh, ultimately brought it to the uh, the Invincibles' um, favour in the end. So good good on them. Um, well done to them. Just when we're on, so I'm gonna you, you've made a nice segue there to my Oval Invincibles, or as I call them, the Agents of Chaos. Uh, so I would say that obviously a little disappointing. I'll, I'll I'll show the the viewers on YouTube here the results here. So we lost the the opening match to the London Spirit. I will say that was you talk about a topsy turvy innings. The Invincibles bowled twelve no balls. They they gave the London Spirit. 12 free hits and they lost by three runs so the London Spirit have done well and obviously that day there's a key inning there from Owen Morgan I feel like they will think they've let one get away in the early um, stages of the competition but to come to come back and beat the Northern Superchargers like they did yesterday when they were probably doomed to fail there when at, at stages it probably balances it out and then they obviously in the middle game there have Walloped the uh, the Welsh the poor old Welsh fire who uh, I I don't think it's going to get any easier for them anytime soon. Um, so the Oval Invincibles, yeah. I, I'm I'm content. Have you had a chance? Did you see any of my um, my favorite player in the whole of the hundred, Mohammed Hasnian? Did you see any of him? No, I haven't. Unfortunately, mate. Uh, um, it, it, like it, a, it, I was mentioning to you off uh, 
offline. Um, a lot of uh, the games I've only followed by Crick Info because um, being in quarantine and all, I don't have access to the broadcast like I would typically have. And then there's the issue of time zone. So I eventually have to go to sleep because I, I, I try my best to be um, superhuman and survive on very little sleep, but uh, just not possible. Yeah. So, well, maybe, uh, yeah. Maybe the, uh, the double headers might help that actually because. With the ladies coming in, you'll have slightly earlier games for at least half of the, yes. the men's game, so that'll yeah. help. But um, when you do get a chance to watch him, it's exhausting. I mean, he runs in from basically the boundary. Uh, he he is quick, but he is erratic. It is great fun to watch. Um, in the first game against the Spirit, I can't remember the opening batsman, hit him for two mammoth sixes. Uh, with that pace on the ball, it... If I was I was in London, I would want to go watch him play for the Invincible Invincibles or the Oval, but maybe not so much for getting the wickets and getting you know bowling economically, but just for the sheer, sheer entertainment of what is about to happen next here. He uh, he really adds <laughs> a bit of spice. You don't you don't you don't see it so much. I mean, there's there's a knack to bowling in these shorter formats. You talk about Sunil Narayan; he's a perfect example of somebody who's very cunning and very uh, tricky. Mohammed has me and has none of that. He is just I, I. You know exactly what I'm going to throw at you. It's can you be quick enough uh, to get out of the way or to hit it? And uh, it's it's fantastic to watch. I've loved it so far. So are you saying he just bowls flat track, flat track um, dollies for him to for players to just smash out of the park? Is that what you're saying? Or you don't know what you're going to get from? You don't really know what you're going to get. You know you're going to get your 87, 88 miles an hour. I. You know where I would love to bowl. see him bowl? I would love to see him bowl in Australia. I think on those hard, bouncy... If he was in the Waka, Jesus, that would be unbelievable viewing. Uh, now, obviously, the pitches in, in England, it's been, a, it's been a dry summer in England, but um, some, some of the wickets kind of hold up the ball a little bit. So I think that's where he struggles. He doesn't really tend to have that... If you think about a, death, a fast death bowler or a fast uh, T20 specialist like Chris Jordan, like Chris Jordan has an encyclopedia of different things he can go to. Mohamed Hasnian doesn't really have that, but he does have the raw pace. So uh, it's it's a lottery. Uh, you're rolling the dice with this man. He can get a wicket. Um, they didn't play him against the Supercharger, so I'm not sure if that was a potential sign that he's maybe going to play for Pakistan somewhere or if they've just realized that he's too erratic to keep him aside. But um, <laughs> I hope that he comes back because it was phenomenal viewing. Uh, well, there you go. Agents of Chaos, and he's the uh, the number one. Um, exactly. exactly. Um, number one for it. Tell me this did. Uh, well, there you go. I'll keep an eye out, mate. Or just I could just even YouTube it. Yeah. D- d- well, yeah. I don't. I, I think he's taken only one or two wickets so far. But what you definitely could YouTube is Will Smead, who, uh, if folks haven't heard, he had the first ever century in the hundred for the Birmingham. That's Phoenix, right. Um, yes. Which was. Was I mean I, I, I that's special. It is absolutely. I mean, do you do you, I I remember where I was whenever I saw Brendan McCollum hitting the first century in the IPL. Like I remember exactly where I was. I was I was in Spain on holiday with my my granny, and they had a a shitty Spanish TV, and the only channel that was in English was Eurosport. And what were they showing? The IPL, and so I watched it there. I remember, nice. Yeah. Um, I remember where I was. Um. I think uh, you all know where I where I was when uh, um, Smead hit his century. In fact, I actually happened happened to be watching the broadcast. Believe it or not, I got 
I got um, the broadcast working and I was watching it. I didn't realize the significance un- until the commentators really um, mentioned all of that. But yes, I remember I was just sitting here um, in my very tiny hotel room, uh, 13 square meters um, large. Um, and um, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's great. It's history. I did not realize, but uh, well done to him. And no one can ever take that away from him. And it was a solid innings. And obviously it got the job done, right? He he did, and um, obviously the Birmingham Phoenix are, are one of the top picks for a lot of people, uh, rightfully so. I think mm-hmm. when we look at how they've performed so far with the likes of Moeen Ali has been very effective in both in, with bowling and with bat. Liam Livingston yeah. is always going to be a handful. He seems to have just picked up where he, he left off last time uh, last time around. Um, and yeah, Will, whenever Will Smith throws in a century, I mean, they're going to be incredibly, incredibly hard to beat. Yeah, so. absolutely. So they're doing really well. Uh, I actually, with a few things you've mentioned there, I wouldn't mind uh, just raising one or two comments. Um, number one, do you think with such a milestone um, innings and such high profile of what he's just done and created history, do you think Smith will get a look in into the T20 World Cup squad or that's pretty much locked in? Number two, um, my feeling of Livingston, uh, I don't know if this is your feeling, is um, he seems to have uh, dropped off a bit since the IPL where he was just on fire with bloody everything. So I just feel that his uh, form has still been a little bit lukewarm um, and has carried on into into um, the 100, unless I'm mistaken. And I'm trying to think, you did mention something else as Phoenix being the favourites and, well, I have no, no reason to dispute it, although... They're one for one at the moment. They're one from two matches at the moment. So who knows? They're just above the superchargers, which for me, again, if I'm right and I think superchargers are a dark horse and they're they're playing below where they should be, then uh, watch out. Uh, Phoenix, maybe superchargers could be a little little bit higher up. Yeah. I'm just bombarding a lot of stuff, but it's mainly about Smead and Livingston. Yeah. Well, well, let's take Livingston first because that is an interesting one because. When I think of Livingston at his best, you're right. I, I actually don't think of him in an England shirt. I think of, well, the first thing I think of is that hilarious but incredibly unfortunate uh, series of blows to the nether region in the BBL. If you haven't seen that already, you've got to go look at it. It is unbelievable. He gets hit several times in the uh, the gentleman's area. And it's, um, I mean, I don't know who's in the comedy box. Yes. It is. So that. Unfortunately, that's the first thing I think of. But then I think about one of his sixes in the BBL, um, which was just monumental. He packed on the runs in in the the BBL down there. He packed on the runs and bowled nicely in the IPL. So I do think that he's shone primarily in franchise cricket. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I do, I mean, it's difficult because when you go from a franchise setup where you can kind of revolve around a player like Livingston's quality where he can bowl one, two overs of his little leg spinny type uh, deliveries. And then you could have him at three, four, five, and he can just blast away without much care and win a game for you. When you come to the England side, there are actually two or three guys who could do that. I mean, Jody Berstow with minus a leg spin can do that. Jason Roy, although he's out of form, can take a game away from people. Joe, Joe Root, maybe not perhaps in the T20 format just now, but in the ODI format, can take a game away for you. So I think he kind of gets maybe lost in the shuffle a wee bit and maybe might be so 
so specific in terms of teams building around his pure striking power. And maybe there are mm. other England players that are more established or have a more defined role in terms of being able to open and and uh, gauge an innings and, and bring some kind of like a steady to an innings when needed, where he's not really viewed in that way. So I, 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 I'm, I'm just kind of musing out loud with that. I think that's a great question, and I've noticed it too. Um, and then on Will Smead, I mean, I, I actually don't know an awful lot about the lad. I couldn't even tell you what what age he is. I think he's actually quite young. In the in the broadcast, I think they mentioned that he actually applied his trade most of his his youth as a rugby player. So he's got big big muscles, and it might have actually only been his second professional game. I think it maybe one. I'll have to go back and check that. It might have been his second or third professional game. So I think he has a little more. Um, laying the bedrock of of his career to do before he gets a knock on the door, but even then, I mean, yeah, think, fair enough. Yeah, even yeah. then. So I'm like you. I don't know a lot about him, but that's why we. It's great looking at all these domestic competitions. We get to actually yeah. um, broaden our broaden and deepen our our knowledge of other players that are on um, that aren't just the internationals. Do you know what I mean? It's just like the BBL, for example. Hilton Cartwright, he's a domestic player, but he's currently in this competition, the 100. Mm. But um, you really get to look into all the different, um, I don't know, I guess call them the domestic players, and they're great players and they're young players. They're just maybe politically yet they're not, uh, they haven't been let into the side or given a go because you've got all the senior players that have still got the gigs. And inside the IPL, I learned a lot about yes. the local Indian yes. domestic players um, and that's what's great about this competition. So perhaps I need to start looking at the South African one as well and all that, but that's for another day. But you're right. People with the performance like Smead, if he backs that up for the next, um, I, I wouldn't say for the next couple of games, I mean, if he could, that would really put him on the map even more and, and really put the question uh, to, to selectors and a really hard question. But if he just has a really good 100 um, um, season, that really will cement him from from you know from going forward. And guess what? He could be really cheap, a cheap import for other uh, competitions like the BBL and all that. But anyway, I'm I'm thinking too far ahead. No, so I'm like you. I'm learning all about players. Yeah, I think you you raise a good point. Just as you were talking there, I was thinking back to the end of the IPL. And at the end of the IPL, you had probably three top order batsmen that were pushing to on knocking on that door of should these guys get a call up you think about Jaiswell for the Rajasthan Royals um you think about is it well Gaikwad was already uh was already on the on the map Shubman Gill was coming back into the equation too so you had a few guys who you mightn't have had on the radar for a T20 World Cup back then and are very much now being tested out Sanju Samson might be another one there as well and then on the yeah. other end of it as we look at somebody like a Henry Brooks who took a five, five for, for uh, the Birmingham Phoenix just the other night. Um, in the IPL, you had folks like Imran Malik and Avesh Khan. And uh, there's another one that I am, I'm forgetting, but there were three names coming out of that at the end where, well, why are these guys not getting, getting a look in for the Indian setup as well? So I feel like you're always going to have those guys coming out the other end. It's fantastic to think about. And it's, it's one of the nice things to see some of those, T20 series after the IPL when the likes of um, when the likes of you know maybe Hardik Pandya needs a rest or these other big name players 
so that the youngsters can get a go in their international colors after having a nice little um, franchise tournament or something. So maybe we'll see it. I don't know. It really just unearths the domestic talent and puts them on the map internationally because everyone's watching. Right? Um, and all they need, like, I mean, I'm sure there's uh, key moments where they, they where, where we, we can say it can really rocket their career. But my view on that, one example would be after they've been unearthed, for them to then be calling, uh, called up to play in another domestic competition in another country, that's when I consider them um, sort of, um, what's the word, just quite where the dial has been shifted enough where you, 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 I won't say you've made it, but it's it's like kind of saying they've made that transition from just playing domestically, that they're now part of that international group, crop of proper players, you know, they may or may not get selected for the national side, but they, they, they're they now genuinely part of the international scene. Do you know what I mean? I, I, um, I, you, know, so, you know, a great example of what you've just talked about is Daniel Sams, who yes. is not really on the Australian um, agenda in terms of international cricket, but really Correct. got into the Mumbai Indian space. And for the Rockets, he, he's a regular there now, taking three fours and, and making runs too. So. Actually, that reminds me, what's the name? Oh, I forgot his name. He's getting old, a bit older now. He's won a, he's, won, he's an Aussie. He's won a couple of uh, IPL titles. He's won a BBL title with the Melbourne Renegades. Oh, what's his name? Oh, uh, um, uh, the keeper? Uh, no, he's an all-rounder. Oh, I oh, can't believe I've forgotten his Stoinis? name. No, he's a bit older. You know, he's got a beard, a bit bit grey now. He's a bit stocky. I can't remember his name for life of me. Can see his face. Kerry Parker. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, oh. Hang on. He he won BBL eight for the Melbourne Renegades, and I'm a Melbourne Renegades fan. So hang on. Let's let me type it. And you just keep talking. Yeah, uh, Renegades. Anybody listening at home? Can you get to it? For I'm sure there are people screaming in it's it's this person is that yeah person. um let me see if i can if i can think of it northern yeah, northern, right? yeah so um you know, i'm just bringing it up now um yeah I, would, would, just for, uh, melbourne renegades would that be your bbl team arnie yeah that's definitely my bbl team um, have you been have you been down to the the mcg do they play it always at the mcg whenever they play i I know. No, uh, the Renegades' home ground is Marvel Stadium, the other stadium in um, Melbourne. Uh, the MCG is uh, the Melbourne Stars' um, home uh, ground. So yeah, they're like the Manchester United. They're the big team. They got the money. They got usually the the, the, the key, the the marquee players, and um, they get all the um, the marketing, and the press on TV. And the Renegades are can't think of an EPL equivalent, but they're. Yeah, I, I, I basically uh, asked you if, as if you're an Everton fan, do you play at Anfield? That's kind of what I've asked. It's like, uh, that's exactly. <laughs> they're like the Everton. They're like the Everton. They, um, they offer decades, right? Uh, for, um, but they won it in 2018, and uh, I was so proud. That was BBL eight or whatever they call it. Yeah, BBL eight. So I was so happy I went to the final, and I was just so happy because. Uh, it was against the Melbourne Stars, our, our, our arch rivals as well, in the final. So two Melbourne teams in the final. I know I've digressed, but I have to talk about this now that it's brought up. Um, and Melbourne Stars were cruising to victory. And guess what? Glenn Maxwell's team is the captain of the uh, Melbourne Stars. They had a spectacular collapse um, 
uh, in the run chase because they batted second, Melbourne Stars. And guess what? We won it. And I remember the name now. And who was critical? Who was a, one of the most critical players? And going back on the point that he was never ever considered for the national side, but he's very much an, uh, an inter, on the international scene. Dan Christian. Oh, That's his Dan name. Christian. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's an absolute gun and legend. He know he's got a brilliant cricket brain and he knows how to play. Um, the T20 format, um, but never selected. Um, I don't know where or why politics come into it, which we won't get into because we're, we're great, you know, down to earth uh, podcast. We don't talk about all that stuff. But I just think, and he's getting a bit older too. You could argue that too. But look, you can argue anything if you wanted to argue a particular point. But he's a he's an absolute champion player, Dan Christian. He's won, you know, BBL titles. Um, he's won. Several different teams. He's won IPL titles, um, and goodness knows where else he's been and won titles. But uh, did you ever he's one of the most winning ever have a guys. chance? To, I, I know you've had a chance to meet some of your your Aussie sporting heroes. Have you ever met uh, uh, a local Melbourne cricket legend that's worth noting? Um, um, if you're talking um, recent, um, perhaps no, not like physically. How, how you going, mate? And shake their hands. Um, in the past I have, but uh, when I was more younger and I played a lot more like club cricket and got to meet some legends, but um, no, not recently, mate, not recently. Um, having said that, which is another topic, man, there's so many things we've talked about, <laughs> but um, the guys, especially the, the 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 Australian representatives, you know, like you know, Steve Wars and all that, they were a lot more accessible. Um, in the early days, like in the 80s and 90s, they were just so much more accessible. They came up to Darwin, which is where I grew up. They they would just sometimes be sitting there watching our cricket games, our club cricket games on the weekend. And I'm a kid, right? I'm a kid. So you can imagine as a kid, I mean, we were still all struck at the time, but I look back on those times now and look back on how casual they would just be there and watch games like that. And nowadays, they're all locked up. There's protocols. Um, the, the, the celebrities in their own right, they're not um, guys who have to hold a second job like as an electrician or whatever and, and also play cricket, you know? Yeah. They're, they're down media training, everything. Yeah. yeah. It kind of reminds me of uh, whenever you see the highlights of the the old West Indian team of the 70s that dominated and, mm. and even in the 80s they dominated and, you know, Viv Richards is there and he scores a century and he's just you know, in the middle of the pitch, just mobbed by, you know, 100 people wanting to shake his hand. And then somehow they all get the pokes off the pitch again. And it's just like life continues on. And it's just anybody can yeah. run on, shake their hand and say, you know, well done, Viv, for 100. And, you know, can, can you imagine yeah. if that had happened in these days? Let's go back to the Ashes test where Ben Stokes hit 100. But really, he was it was the lat. It was him and Jack Lee. She hit the 100. The 100 meant nothing. He just needed to get to to 130 to to win the match and can you imagine if people rushed on there and trying to settle yourself back it's um a different era for sure yeah. but that steve wall like era that is yeah steve and we're all well trained now yeah we're all well trained now to not it's an uno to step foot on the on the hallowed ground or on a blade of grass you know otherwise you got maybe ten thousand dollars i don't know how much it costs these days not that i've ever uh breached any of that but it's not cheap you know you you you, you just step foot on the ground during a game you'll get escorted from the ground um fine and probably never allowed on onto the ground again that's a big price to pay yeah I, um, and, and to be honest with with 
I understand why. Like, I totally understand why. Um, it's, you know, times change and you've got to gotta move at the time. Yeah, but... safety and all that stuff. But um, I guess it's no different to safety or lack of back in the 70s, 80s and all. Just showing our age now or my age anyway. But anyway, we digress. So all I, I can't remember, we, we digress down this path, which is great having these. And that's it's what we do. We talk yeah. cricket. And, well, well the, and let's, the let's bring it back to cricket. I, 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 I heard Kevin Peterson talking about something during one of the Uval Invincible games. So Jason Roy is copping a lot of flack at the moment for his performance. Oh, we used to talk about Roy. Yes. Yeah. Go, go, so, yes. so Peterson had this, I don't have the quote in front of me, but... He, I mean, Kevin KP always is quite opinionated. Um, he has some very mm. interesting thoughts on franchising the county cricket game, which I, we we need to write a laundry list of all the things we should talk about because that would be, I would love to have our mate Cheese on to talk about that. I think he would be fantastic. But anyway, yeah, I digress cool. yet again. Uh, he, he was very opinionated about how quickly people are to judge opening batsmen and indicating that you're more often, quite a bit more often, you're off than you are on. And people forget about what Jason Roy has done in the past. They forget about the the break he took from, um, I think he took a break from the IPL to go back and spend time with his family. It was clearly exhaustion from the bubble, all that kind of stuff. But um, the fact of the matter is, is that his, his, his run making has not been good. And when you look at somebody like an Alex Hales, who has his own history or you look at somebody we mentioned will jacks as well who has had a a fantastic yeah. season yeah. as well um i mean what do you what do you think first of all of kp's point of view there and then maybe what yeah what um, I, haven't, I haven't followed i don't follow as much social media as i probably like even though i'm on it myself it's more i usually put stuff out rather than read but i'll just take what you've just told me there um yes um Taking in the context that KP is definitely a strong personality and has his own opinions, and sometimes I think it's really good because he calls out elephants in the room. I'm that kind of guy as well in general day-to-day life, so I respect that a lot. Um, I think, it, based on what I've heard, mate, and again, I just say it how it is, I think he's leaning a little bit too much into his bias as Jason Roy as as a friend versus Jason Roy as... Um, uh England cricket team as a business, right? Yeah. And um and on that note, if you've got that much depth at the moment, um um yeah, I know when do you cut off and say this is the England squad for the T twenty World Cup. We we can't make any changes with them if they're out of form, we just gotta keep investing in them. I don't know that line, that's another argument for another day, but if you've got clearly other strong standout candidates, um and you can still make changes. I think you always pick the best team that you can for the current times. And um, I must admit, I've tried to give Jason Roy as much of a chance. I respect all the the other context around emotional and mental health, taking a break and coming back fresh and all that. But just seeing um, yet again, um, last night, for example, um, his second ball duck, um, he, he must be thinking that himself. He must be, if someone's not going to call it, he should even call it himself saying, you know what, guys, I'm really not um, the best man for the job right now. Um, not 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 for his team, current team in the 100, but but in terms of perhaps um, the squad for the T20 World Cup, of course, we're all a bit selfish. We all want to be there. We all want the opportunity. 
um, to be lifting up a World Cup trophy and, and maybe the rest of his teammates carrying the team rather than him carrying it, um, the team. But sorry, I'm a bit long-winded, but I guess if I were to sum it up, I'm thinking I don't believe he's genuinely um, uh, pickable at the moment for the, the England T20 World Cup squad. I just don't think compared to the other uh, the other couple of guys you've mentioned and possibly more, um, uh, that he's the, he's their best 11 right now or even yeah. best squad squ- overall squad uh, um, team which is obviously made up of a lot more members but yeah, yeah that's well, just my view yeah and look I'll say look we, we might look back on this conversation at the end of the 100 and he's in the top 5 run scores because he he, well, plays, there you go. he finds whatever clicks however I, I kind of agree with you let's assume that he doesn't get it to click in the 100 I think England have mm-hmm. a really like a a significant, well, not a significant problem, but Brett said this to me. We were we were chatting on, uh, uh, we were just texting back and forth, and he kind of said, "Look, I don't think it's a massive problem for England. I think you take Berstow, but Berstow at the top of the top of the order, you put him there with Butler, and then you can kind of slot somebody in the middle where Berstow was before, where there's perhaps a little more depth. Some somebody like a, a Liam Livingston can clearly slot in there. Or I know." Moeen Ali might actually be retired from international cricket. I, I can't remember if he's still playing T20 um, international cricket, but somebody like that in there. Um, but I think yeah, there, there'll be there'll be a part of people that don't want to upset the the formula where Barstow is is playing the kind of cricket he is playing right now. And I think there's also an element for if you could squeeze more out of those young players, like Will Jacks is a great example. Alex Hills, who I know has his his political side of of why you can pick him and why you can't but i i agree with you i think you, you get to the end of the hundred and he hasn't made a splash sorry kp but i i think it's reasonable to ask are there other guys who you know, there are guys who have gone to the, to the world cup and it's been their second international series third international series and they've smashed it it's possible why mm. shouldn't those guys be given an opportunity so i think the, i think england are going to have a headache more maybe in terms of the squad picking than they are in terms of the the playing 11 because the playing 11 you can yeah. easily excuse we're going to try people out but if jason roy is taking up a slot in the squad like you say for somebody like a will jacks yeah. that's when i think it becomes a little a little tricky yeah and don't forget there's there's again we won't delve into politics but every cricket board and their uh domestic situation has is 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 saturated for lack of a better word saturated in politics so roy whether he gets the spot or is excluded from the squad it will be um it will be littered with politics as to the final decision and 100%. don't forget 100 uh, that people know people and uh, i won't get into it but whether roy is uh, retained or dropped um it sometimes is as much based on performance. You know, things like his performance and stuff put pressure on his spot, absolutely. But I think the biggest variable in a lot of these things, which are never really said, try to be called out in news articles and things and in conjecture that we're doing now, but it's usually driven by politics behind the scenes. That's, for me, the largest variable, and it's mateship, and it's all these things that are driven really powerfully behind the scenes that really ultimately um, make... Uh, for more of the percentage of the decisions made, in this case, whether he makes this team or not, rather than all the other stuff out there. All the other stuff, like his performance and stuff, yeah. puts massive pressure on that decision. 
but often probably doesn't change a decision on yeah. the, I, I, by I, the policy. Yeah, and and I, I don't I don't know the ins and outs of things like central contracts with the ECB, um, and mm. maybe that's part of the part of the the politics behind it. Again, I think Cheese would would know that we we need to get him on to have a chat. But why don't um, we get him on? We, we, yeah. we, we not on here, but get him on. Get him in the squad. One hundred percent England oh. squad. <laughs> Jeez, well, I mean, come on, man, Beijing Ducks. I mean, come on. Folks, you know? uh, listeners, <laughs> you know, Cheese is a friend of ours who. Um, has been he's he's been making fifties on county grounds. Now I don't know if he's been playing county level cricket, but um, he's been making his fifties. So he he's a man of form. You can't argue against that. Um, you we, can't argue his form, and uh, that's more than what Roy's got. So yeah. sorry, but sorry, Roy. I don't hate to say that, but uh, yeah, uh, we'll get one of our local boys there. And he's also a a, a fellow uh, Northern Superchargers fans. Uh, you know, up from the auction way. So. Mate, I got nothing, nothing more than um, brilliant things to say about the guy. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll for, for folks listening, we will get cheese on the podcast. I think some of the uh, insight into the, into the county game, and then the insight into. So, I think he has some great stories to tell as well. So, we'd love to have him on. But um, okay, we're about what forty minutes in, so let's quickly wrap up the the hundred. So, um, let's let's go back to our predictions. So. Um, you and I, Arnie, both had London Spirit. We've already talked about this as the wooden spoon winners or the out for the uh, competition. Uh, we have done atrociously there. They're currently top of the table. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Brett is absolutely nailing his out. He he went with the Welsh Fire. And unlike the yeah. London Spirit, who, who have had a couple of performers and team performances to be proud of, the Welsh Fire just look like they've fallen flat on the face. And Brett made a great point that any hope that they have in terms of individual talent, Bearstow is a good example, is is either gone now or will be walking out the door slowly to go to the Test Series, to go to um, their local T20 Series or International Series. So I think I think they're facing a big uphill battle. That was a good call by Brett. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. So we're wrong, but it's... Um... The season's not over yet, mate. Remember, the season's not over. So this table that we're looking at right now could be significantly reshuffled um, by the uh, season. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, in terms of who we picked to win so far, my prediction of the Oval Invincibles looking pretty good. Um, Brett's predictions of the Manchester Originals is actually looking not that great. Joss Butler's team has not um, not lived up to the hype that Brett put them under. Um they have, they lost one match by fifty-two runs against the London Spirit, which you know we both had them finishing last. So, kind of yeah, uh, yeah. a shocking, shocking result there. But um, we will monitor the situation and see how that goes. Like you say, and yeah, then that run rate is not great either. It's yeah, it's looking bad. It, you know, second to the to the poorness of Welsh Fire, like significantly a, bad. That, that's a good point. I hadn't noticed that until you pointed it out. I mean, the Welsh fire is, is almost comically bad, but yeah, you don't want to be in the But the originals aren't that far behind. Um, if you look at the gap between, um, I'm looking at the table here, the Southern Brave, who's third last, um, that gap between their net run rate to then the, the two worst, which is Manchester originals and Welsh fire, you, that's a big gap, the bottom two net run rate, which... Um, it's only one stat, okay, I get it, but I feel it's an important stat and it shows they're not able to to get runs. Um, you can't get runs, you can't win, the, you, you can't win, 
you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, uh, the, the Southern Brave did have one very, very hefty victory. They won by nine wickets and then got pummeled by 53 runs by the, the Phoenix. So they, they've kind of they've kind of been in that Jekyll and Hyde um, persona at the moment where they're they're getting smashed or they're smashing other people. So, uh, which is a better place to be than than the Manchester Originals who've got smashed a couple of times, obviously. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then you had picked the Northern Superchargers to win, who uh, we've already really talked about that. You think they're still the dark horse? You're back I think they're the a dark horse. You're back in your horse. I think I think they they've got. I just think they've been really unlucky the last couple, especially last night's game. I, and I know I'm a bit biased, but I really think um, they've got a lot of upside and, and it's a challenge up that ladder. But, you know, I'm just giving them them a bit of spin right now. Okay. Um, all right. So, look, we, we said we were going to do a, a, a quick little uh, podcast here. We're off now almost 45 minutes. So um, we have a couple of topics we want to come back and revisit with Brett. So we're going to leave all the other kind of cricket chat to another day. Um, but as you know, we usually wrap up our podcast uh, with our six and outs of the week, the six being the entertaining or notable good thing that's happened th- through the week uh, and our out being maybe something more underwhelming uh, and notable kind of bad things. So Arnie, I'm going to throw it over to you. What has been your six of the week? Six of the week because um, we I hinted on this earlier. I'm a massive advocate for, for mental health and good mental health. And it, it, there's no and there's no exception to that in in cricket. We talked about the fatigue of players and all that. A lot of the fatigue comes from mentally as much as it comes physically. I think it's mentally. So um, my shout out, my six uh, this week goes to Meg Lanning for for well one for all her accolades, um, being captain of uh, the international women Aussie women's team for such a long time. And it's great that she's taken a break. In it says indefinitely, but I'd like to think that she's just taken a nice long break and then. We'll, we'll we'll come back, but um, I hats off to her for doing that because um, mental health is well is massive. It controls your decision making, controls every facet of your life. So um, that's my massive six of the week. Um, good on you, Meg Lanning, and thank you for your service um, to Aussie women's cricket and taking it to where it is right now. And we do hope you come back. But if not, I tell you what, you've pretty much done everything. So. Um, um, already etched in history, make Lanning. One hundred percent. I would I would back up your um, your statement on the mental health, especially within the game of cricket. Which uh, there's a great documentary on Prime that chronicles the England cricket team from like 2009 through to 2013, when they be, they for the first time became the the number one Test team in the world. And Jonathan Trott talks really, really effectively and really it provides a great deal of insight into the mental game and being able to block out things like the crowd block out the chatter of the wicketkeeper all that kind of stuff and to be able to do that and then be in the spotlight and be traveling all the time um yeah it's it's incredibly difficult so uh, and and you're absolutely right on her her accolades she's um she, she'll she'll go down as one of the greats in in the aussie game for sure yeah, thank you. What about uh, what about your six, mate? My six of the week. So, <clears throat> a little off the wall, as usual. Um, my six of the week goes to U.S. Camp Counselor Ali Tarantino. So, <laughs> I'm going to have to. Yeah, I knew, I knew, I know that's who you were thinking of, uh, Arnie. Whenever you asked me that question, Ali Tarantino. Uh, I'm going to provide a little bit of background here. Um, she's a U.S. Camp Counselor. So, 
generally speaking, in, in the US, uh, kids are kind of sent away to um, their sent away to their camps for the summertime to have a little bit of a break, give the their parents a little bit of a break, um, and they play sports. And baseball camp is a thing. And typically for kind of younger kids, they will make fake kind of baseball cards with the pictures of the kids' faces on it. Yep. So Ali Tarantino uh, is going, uh, I think he, it's a he, he was in his basement, he was rat rifling through some old papers, and he found a old baseball card of Mark Zuckerberg and it is now being made into an NFT and both the card and the NFT are being auctioned off for uh, for charity. So uh, there you are. He has a one-of-one one Mark Zuckerberg baseball card and that is my sixth of the week for finding gold in the basement. Yeah, finding gold. Well, there you go. Good on, good on this uh, Ali, uh, whoever he is. Um, he's now... On the map, or if he's not on the map, he's certainly got a bit of cash behind him now. And go NFTs. That's go it. NFTs. Uh, cool. And what about your out of the week, Arnie? My out of the week, which uh, for people that are close to me, it is um, a no-brainer, which is being in hotel quarantine. Look, it's it's part of a large story. I've been on a road trip on my, my trip to Hong Kong. I uh, rode to Hong Kong, which started in Melbourne, went all over Australia. And uh, I'm currently on my last day of uh, hotel quarantine. So my out is hotel quarantine. But it's not just hotel quarantine itself. A uh, bit of context, guys, um, is whilst I have been in quarantine, um, as, I was, as I was coming here, I lost one of my bags. And guess what? Uh, one of my bags, which has been found but has uh, is zero, uh, I won't swear on here, but let's say the people who are handling the baggage have zero Fs about getting it back to me. Um, and they even put a high priority, but they treat high priority in a different way. Like, oh, we will respond to you in seven days, high priority. Anyway, um, what's in that bag? Uh, I don't want to get too personal, guys, but uh, and look, there's nothing too dodgy in there, but it's just more essential stuff like daily medication, underwear. Uh, that's really embarrassing for me to say, but I will say it in the podcast just because it's entertainment value. Don't visualize this one too much. Don't visualize it too much, but... I don't have a single pair of underwear except for the one that I wore coming into hotel quarantine. So I've been having regular showers, okay, but I won't go any more into it other than saying I'm isolated in the room. So um, you can imagine with no underwear, well, yeah, anyway, don't visualise that too much, guys. But um, so long story short, my out of the week is just the whole quarantine experience and not having crucial, um, let's say, first world. It's a bit obviously a first world problem, but having all of the creature comforts you would normally have um, when you're not in quarantine or excluded from being able to do stuff. Because I literally can't do anything because I'm in a room. I'm locked in this room. So I'm kind of glad you're locked in the room because you only have one set of underwear. But uh, perhaps <laughs> anybody listening here can urgently get a pair of jocks over to Arnie after he Well, he yeah, it'd be great, guys. But uh, by the time you get it to me, um, which will probably be quicker than um, um, the baggage team over at, at the unnamed airline, <laughs> um, I'll be out of quarantine by this time tomorrow anyway. So, um, And I'm really thankful because it's going to be a massive reunion. Um, Here, yeah, I'm just personal gonna, reasons. I'm going, to make a pub- I'm going to make a public service announcement. This is a public service announcement to the airline that is dealing with Arnie's baggage. 
if he doesn't have his bag and a fresh pair of underwear this time next week, we will name and shame the airline. That's the deal we're going to make. So yeah, you're on note. Fair. You're on, you're on notice now. We will name and shame. We can't have a man <laughs> going two weeks in our underwear. We gotta get this, this. This. Or I could send them a photo of uh, what I am daily dressed like um, to the airline, and it was not. I think you should send them the one pair of underwear you've you've had for the last week and a half. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that uh, it will be sent in, in, in a biohazard uh, Ziploc bag. Yes, it will be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's my out of the week. A bit off the wall as well. Oh, I enjoyed that. I, I did. That, that, that's probably one of my favorites so far. Uh, my out of the week is um, uh, I, I was reading the paper this morning. And as we know, in the UK, the weather has been incredibly hot at the moment. So um, the I guess it's um, biologists or perhaps the, I'm not sure what you call people. What, what would you call a person that is uh, very knowledgeable on insect An insectologist? Would that be right? Probably an insectologist. Yeah. That's actually a really good question. I don't know. Let's call them an insectologist. Insectologists yeah. in the UK are warming a warning that because of all the warm weather in the UK, that there is going to be an increased, significantly increased swarms of sugar crazed well, bees. So folks oh, in the UK yeah. are being urged to avoid sweet products. You no no Coca-Cola, no fizzy drinks, no ice cream. So uh, just when you know you get to the end of your summer holidays, uh, you're going to be sworn by a load of sugar-crazed bees um, thanks to the hot weather. So that's my that's my idea. Well, yeah, stay safe, everyone in the UK. I know it's uh, unprecedented or unseasonal, uh, unusually unseasonal weather. So, yeah, stay safe because uh, I guess um, for, for, for as long as anyone has known, you don't need to cater things for having an air conditioner in your house and all these things. It's just a, a non-issue. So I, I do feel for everyone there. And uh, yeah, definitely stay safe. And look, that's good advice. If if there's any good advice in all of this podcast, uh, you just heard it first from Craig. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's miles apart from my biohazard um, Ziploc bag thing. But yeah, actually, on that note, the reason why, the reason why, actually, I will probably um, forgot to mention at the start of the story, why are we not on camera today? And is because Normally, I try to set it up uh, to, to help the guys with, with all of this as well is uh, with our podcast is um, all my streaming equipment is also in that um, lost bag. So no webcam, no proper microphone, and just generally speaking, you know, no ring light, all these things that are really, really important. So just what you guys don't see, you only see the, the finished product. There, there's a lot that goes into putting together any kind of broadcast, offline or live. So, yeah, that's partly what set off um, the uh, us doing what we're doing. And obviously, Brett's not being uh, not around. So we've we, we've just put this together based on what makes sense. And because it's our podcast, we, we generally um, can be more relaxed with the way we put things together. So that's a big reason. So that's another big addition to the out. Yeah. Wow, this is it, 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 it takes okay. a lot. It takes a lot to put this together, but it always starts with a good, clean pair of underwear. So we'll hope that you have all of your all of your acquired um, equipment. Yeah, I, I'm surprised I could stay focused today, Craig, uh, with uh, <laughs> without a clean pair of underwear. In fact, I don't even know what a clean pair of underwear looks like. I don't even know what underwear looks like. Um, it's been seven days, and uh, you know, being locked away can do funny things to your to your brain, mate. So um, you know, maybe you have to Google what a pair of underwear looks like. That's it. Mm. You know, we're we're gonna have to name this. Our our last last episode was called Pilot. This one's going to be called the underwear episode. Um, 
going to work for you. So, never, to be honest, you know what? Um, if we if we ever offer trophies or a new segment of the week or whatever, it could be represented by a clean pair of underwear. And that is the trophy, um, maybe mounted or something. And people won't know where that's come from, but it could have come from just because of this particular podcast. Yeah. Or, or is there um, any, any, any under, underwear merchants out there that want to flog a good pair of underwear on our podcast? We're <laughs> happy to that's right. have you on. And Arnie, Arnie would definitely do, definitely pose and take pictures. Uh, I've already cleared that. Uh, I, I, no, I, I'd probably stop at that. um but yeah there's plenty of good um let's let's what do they call themselves what is the proper name for these guys uh undergarment manufacturers or brands but uh but absolutely uh, i'm sure we can come up with a new segment that would uh represent um that would have the clean pair of underwears be be the uh the representation for the segment you know and the clean underwear award of the week goes to x (laughs) Brad, Brad is never going to go on vacation again. He's never going to go on holiday because we've spent 30 minutes talking about cricket and then analyzed the underwear market for the last 15 minutes. So, um, That's exactly right. Anyway, right, well, anyway just, sorry, it was a real supercharge out, but then I've gone through a lot as well. So apologies 100%. for, for we, perhaps, uh, too much information. We, we are looking forward to you getting out and uh, getting out in about Hong Kong. So listen, we, we will maybe wrap up the podcast there. Um, Yep. We will, uh, Arnie, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, enjoy getting your freedom. And I, folks might not know this, but you get your, your breakfast. One last thing. Did, you, did you mention your out? Did oh, you mention your out? Or? Yeah, my out was the bees. It was the... Oh, that's the, right. It was the bees. I say, bees. yeah. That's right. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Um, what, what's it, so what, what are you getting shoved under the door for breakfast today? Just so folks know, Arnie is literally in like, a, it's basically a prison. You get shoved yeah, look, under um, the door. Look, they actually offered for me to, to go out a couple of days ago, and I think in all of that where I said, no, I won't get into the reason why it's important for me to stay for the full seven days, but um, in all of that, I think they lost my records. They didn't deliver me dinner last night, um, so I had to go through. So it's added to the out. I'm so sorry, guys, but it's added to the out. I had to deliver. It's only because you asked me what I'm eating, you know, and I and I, I haven't done it very much with you guys, but Casey has sent you a photo of what I'm eating because it is kind of what else is there to do other than get excited about your next meal. Um, uh, today, what did I have? I had a uh, what you'd call a more traditional Western um, kind of breakfast. I had a, they served up an omelette, baked beans, and some ham. Um, nice. And look, one thing I've noticed in all of the meals is I don't know what the obsession is here in Hong Kong, but every on my little bento box that I get if, uh, on the tray that I'll food, every meal has corn in it you know like a little little edge uh, corner where they have all these kernels of corn and i'm like what what and i like corn but i don't know what the obsession is anyway that is my breakfast uh, the last me actually by the time i leave tomorrow morning i will not have to be honest i'm getting a bit sick of these meals um so um i won't know i just had my last breakfast hopefully i, I and as i mentioned they forgot about my dinner last night but i try to sort, sort all that out by reminding them that I am still here and that there is still someone in this room and that they should make sure that they still feed me and look at and and remember that there is still a living and breathing person in this room and that they should let me out eventually. Yeah. Um, I, I'm getting so much more than I bargained for in this, uh, in this podcast. Um, my last nugget is going to be, I was in our local grocery store today, Arnie, and I walked down yeah. the ethnic food aisle, the ethnic foods. Yes. 
and I saw Tim Tams. So they've officially made wow. it. They're, 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 I guess they have enough cultural kind of um, impact that they're now considered fully ethnic. So, um, yeah, that's my, that's my food story for, for the week. Fully ethnic as in Australian. I, I, yeah, I, I, I guess so. I mean, they were kind of there beside, you know, the Thai curry sauces. So I, I don't know how anybody, anybody got stuck on the shelves came to that conclusion of, oh yeah, Thai red curry and tin tams. But um, yeah, there you go. Having said that, um, all due respect to my American friends, some of them don't really even know where Australia is, let alone uh, confusing it with uh, our other European country, Austria. But oh. anyway, um, <laughs> I'm having a real dumb and dumber moment. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, look, mate, it, what a what a brilliant podcast! We've had heaps of fun, mate. Yeah, yeah this is a good chat. Um, uh, we well, yeah, let's wrap it up there, Arnie. Uh, great chat to you. We'll chat again soon. Thank you to everybody who's listening. Uh, we will be back again in a week's time, uh, possibly with Brett. I don't know when he gets back, but um, we will we will certainly uh, get him involved again and uh, catch up on some of the, maybe the England-South Africa series, maybe the women's 100 now that it's underway. So we'll look forward to that. But Arnie, once again, thank you very much. We will chat again soon. And thank you for listening. Pleasure. Take care. Bye. Bye.